I did love in Endgame the moment I saw Thanos wearing jeans and that shirt. I was like, no, he's after what you said in the last episode about <laughs> Ant Man just being in some denim and. <laughs> yeah, the fucking then, denim, yeah. And then Thanos was wearing literal jeans and just this, <laughs> this white shirt. I thought, He's I mean, his dad jeans on. What's yeah. gonna I mean, happen? Uh, I think you're at Marvel have given you a real fucking easy Halloween costume to do. Just right? paint yourself purple <laughs> and put on jeans and a t-shirt. Get a golden glove. Yeah, Done. fuck, that is a great outfit. Oh shit, I want to do that for Halloween. I guess what you know, you're doing for Halloween. Stealing it, stealing that. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Do you know why only one of the Russo brothers was in the meeting at the beginning? Why? Uh, because there's a website. Did Thanos kill dot me? And if you go on it, it's oh yeah, one of the Russo's got snapped. Only one of them, one of them got snapped, and one of them survived. Also, so the Russo brothers are the only directors in all of history to have three films all make a billion dollars <laughs> with Bosh. Civil War, Infinity War, and now Endgame. Nice. So no one's ever done that. Not even James Cameron, because he's a dick. No, he isn't. Well, he is now, but not. He didn't used to be. Anyway, right. Fuck it. Let's get cracking. I'm sync clapping for the audio. Me too. <laughs> there we go. Sync claps for you. Sync clap. Now the editing's going to be so much faster. We've sped everything up 25% for you. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to... <laughs> you're already we're so gig- helpful. You're already giggling. No, but we're so helpful. I know, but he, we are helpful. We are. Because what did he do? He fucking chucked pasta all over the couch and slowed yeah. us down. But we are the bad guys for having fun and doing a for podcast. doing a sync clap for you. Yeah, tr- trying to help you You look out. at us like, oh, idiots. I spelt pasta on myself and I had to take my t-shirt off. <laughs> I'm sitting in my jammies now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in my... My, my day clothes are I'm messy. Sitting, I'm sitting in my own spillage. It's me and in movies. It's me and in movies. It's me and in movies. Won't you lend an ear? Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Meander Movie Podcast. We this we, podcast like four times we're, already. <laughs> where we're going to talk about Endgame, Avengers Woo. Endgame. Finally, this is the end of our Marvel trilogy, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I mean, for the that for the time being, Marvel are releasing three films a year now that's their kind of current schedule i mean i think after civil war they got to that point three mcu films yeah. plus whatever fox and sony decide to chuck out um yeah. so yeah it's a lot of a lot of marvel um, but yeah here it is our, our we're going to say it now this is going to be a spoiler filled review yeah. so if you are looking for a spoiler free review dinny bother we are going full steam ahead two feet in audio boy you want to do the spoiler sound now aha and um, yeah, I think on that let's just let's just get stuck in. First and foremost, I would like to say I love the film. You love the film. I love the film. I, I that's not to say the film didn't have problems. Not to say the film didn't have any issues. But I loved it overall. I thought it was phenomenal. I sat, I laughed, I cried. It was just a. Did it you, just ties everything up nicely. Did you cry real tears, or did you like well up but then pull it back in? So. I welled up and pulled it back, and all right, and and I welled up and pulled it and pulled it back, held it in, um, which is a which is weird because I cry at everything. We've talked about this before. Yeah, I'm a crier. You are a crier. I honest the the trailer for a dog's journey. I have cried at three times, and I haven't even seen that film. I've cried at the trailer three occasions. I think I saw the trailer once, and I don't remember it. Cool. Well, I've cried at it a lot. I remember it. 
and I did not cry. <laughs> I like to think like, sometimes you just go home and you just put it on and like so your girlfriend just it. walks into the room and it's like, Gary, not again. I'm like, <laughs> I can't stop watching it. The, dog the dog's going on a journey. He loves his family. <laughs> um, but I didn't cry at Endgame. I, Did the you biggest, cry at Infinity War? I cried at Infinity War. And, all right, so here's the thing. The, I I welled up a little bit at Iron Man's death. I mean, yeah, we just went straight in with it. Well, yeah, we've already done a spoiler warning. Here we go. We're going. So I, I, I cried. At, I welled up a little bit at Iron Man's death. I started crying a bit more when Pepper, Rhodey, and Spider-Man were all there. That hit me harder than Iron Man's kind of like thing. The, then the funeral happened and that was sad. But it wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't kind of all out. And then I had a real feel moment when Captain America got his end. Yeah. Captain America's end was was by far more emotionally satisfying for me than Iron Man. And I think that's because, like we did mention in our previous episodes, Iron Man has done the sacrifice thing like three times now. I, I just knew it was coming. And when it got to it, yeah, it was emotional. Yeah, it was awesome. When Doctor Strange looks across and he gives him the, we're in the he's one. Like, fucking throws up the middle of the finger. <laughs> like, fucking prick. You know, he's going, we're in the, we're in the one, the one time I saw out of 40 million where it was going to happen and Iron Man knows what he's going to do. I just went, yeah, I, I, I get it. I know it's about to happen. Oh, there it is. It happened. It happened. Not a bad thing, but nope. yeah, I I wasn't quite as emotionally ruined as at Iron Man as I was for Cap. I think Cap's Cap's ending was a, a fitting end to the character. To the character, hundred percent loved it. For me, I guess for context, we've both seen this movie twice. Twice, yeah. Audio Boy, you've seen it twice. That is correct. We wanted to give you the the most well rounded. Yes, I literally, as of recording this podcast, got home like. 25 minutes ago from seeing it my second time mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed this film I think on my first watch there was a big chunk of that film which we'll get into that I found real problematic mm-hmm. and I really didn't know how I felt about it now that I've seen it twice I've laxed a wee bit on that big chunk of that film but there was a specific moment in it all where I just went Oh, this is a bad emotion I'm feeling right now. <laughs> I shouldn't be feeling this emotion during your your big exciting like yeah. uh, Avengers thing. And that would be the big middle portion of the film where they do the time, time heist travel stuff. Yep. First time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of neat. This is fun." And then the more it went on, I was like, "Oh, this is really just not. This is kind of dragging. It's like I'm not not enjoying this." And I went, but it it, it offered a lot of great moments. Yeah. Way too much fan service, but a lot of great moments. And I was like, "Cool." Second time I watched it. I dropped into it with knowing what to expect. I was like, oh, here we go. Actually, this is kind of fun. Like, I yeah, think I was a bit yeah. too harsh. And then the more it went on, I went, okay, I'm really done with this now. Like, I do not, like, when it got to the stuff with, um, how can I forget her name? And I've, Nebula? Nebula. When yeah. it got to the Nebula stuff, uh, when, like, Thanos kidnapped her, I was like, oh, I really want this to be over now. I just want to get to, like, yeah. that big final uh, climax. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I don't care. So, all right, I think we have gone into this. I know I said we're going in with two feet. Are we, we, should we add some structure? Should we yes, do it? Yes, let's add a wee bit of structure. We were so let's go, beginning. Let's talk Best part of the, of the film. film. <laughs> All your boy loved it. Best part and of the film. I got to say, cold open on, on Hawkeye, devastating. They pulled oh. the leftovers. They did, they, uh, for anyone who does not watch the TV show, The Leftovers, they had to change that and watch that. It's one of the greatest TV shows ever made. Fantastic. Three seasons of fucking brilliance. 
I may watch that. Oh, it's so fucking good. If Do it's it. like Avengers Endgame, I'm in. So How many superheroes are in it? Uh, well, if you count Justin Theroux's abs as heroes, then six. Twelve. Just, wait, is he what, the Canadian Prime Minister? No, it's, uh, Justin Trudeau. Yeah, what did got, you say? Uh, what, uh, wait, what? He's Jennifer in, Aniston's just, ex-husband? Justin Theroux. The Canadian Prime Minister. Wait, the, one that, the guy who directed Iron Man 2. John Favreau. It was John Favreau. What are you talking about? Wait, what is happening? What? Did he not direct Iron Man 2? No, it was John Favreau. John Favreau. He wrote Iron Man 2. John no. Favreau. John Favreau wrote Iron, Iron Man 2. 2. He's in the Justin leftovers. Justin Theroux wrote the uh, Ben Stiller movies where he plays a model. Um, Zoolander 1 and 2. He also wrote uh, oh, the one where they, they think they're in a movie. Uh, Wait, the guy, the Canadian Prime Minister? No, that's Justin Trudeau. Wait, what? Who the... Sorry, the, these names are blurring in my mind. Justin Trudeau is the Canadian Prime Minister. Yes, and then Justin Theroux. I said Louis Theroux. 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 This man, I have, this is not a man. It's in my memory bank. He was in The Last Jedi very briefly. <laughs> he was, yeah. As Mr. Gambler Man. Uh, on uh, that uh, casino gambling planet. We've gone way off fucking course here. He looks like a mixture of John, Tra- like young John Travolta, Paul Bettany, and... A splash of Jared Leto. Okay, and telling us that gives us what information? <laughs> That's what I just think he looks like. Oh, yeah, good. That's um, not the Canadian Prime Minister, though. I know. Or John or John Favreau. Yeah, he was the screenwriter for Iron Man 2. So neither the script nor <laughs> the director, like you claimed. Screenwriter, <laughs> you know, writer, same thing. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> oh, because you, uh, you mentioned The Leftovers. Yeah. Okay. The cold open of Hawkeye, phenomenal. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Again, they continue that what um, Joss Whedon started in Age of Ultron, yeah. of continuing the great story of that character, which I now believe is going to be continued in a Disney Plus uh, miniseries where mm-hmm. it's him training his daughter to become the next Hawkeye, oh, cool. which he even says in the beginning, like, good job, Hawkeye. Good job, and I'm Hawkeye. like, boom. Also, I now want to try a mayo on a hot dog just to see what it's like. I don't. Ever. That's disgusting. I want to give it a go. I like mayo. The film even makes like the jokes. Who puts mayo on a hot dog? Is I want your brothers. And then she asks the brothers and both of them. Well, that, the, the one brother goes, Ugh, what about ketchup? I mean, mom? I want to say that wee boy's delivery, he fucking destroyed his mother. <laughs> where she was just like, ketchup for mustard. And he's like, uh, ke-? no, she's like, mustard mayo or mustard. Mayo. He's like, what, what about ketchup? ketchup? You fucking loser. Bitch. And I was just like, oof. Fucking down, got son. her. That's his middle name is Pietro. Pietro. Oh yeah, he's named after uh, Quicksilver and just Quicksilver. Black Widow. It's Nathaniel or Nathan. Oh yeah, he's named after Black Widow and Quicksilver. That's it, Nathaniel. Oh, because Natasha. Oh, he's gonna be Nathaniel. Yeah. And then she's all like, "You traitor." Also, imagine being right named the after belly. the only Avenger to actually die. That's kind of pathetic. <laughs> Until but he died movie. saving Hawkeye, so it's, it's really... that's great. Actually, that's a great point. He's, he died saving Hawkeye to then Those give us these Hawkeye. Hawkeye moments. Yeah, so great open. Then, Jen, just the general. I mean, I the feel, Avengers dealing with. Yeah, I, f- I feel like twenty. Oh, oh, fuck! Sorry, the sorry. You go. Sorry, I don't want to talk about. Okay, you. yeah. The the three. The, the thing I noticed, especially on my second watch, is that I don't know if it's a good thing or not. I mean, it didn't feel like a bad thing, but this is. Three movies pushed into three hours, which yes. is you've got that first act, which is them dealing with it, the fallout, the of fallout, the snap. them trying to come back together, like them trying to make a plan, them trying to build a time machine, and then the minute they go through time, 
and for their time heist, that's your second film. They do all the time stuff, which is, I think, the biggest chunk of the film. And then when they come back and they try to make the gauntlet and snap the fingers and have the big fight, that's the third film. Yeah. Because all three of them feel like different films. Yeah. And two of them work, and one of them just doesn't work most of the time. Which is the time one, you think? For me personally, yes. Yeah, okay. But so, that, I would say that opening... Here's the astounding thing that I keep thinking about this film, is if this was just a normal kind of big movie, like two hours, two and a half hours, the opening of this film, the first act, would have been wrapped up in 25 minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. But this film gives it almost an hour yeah. to just play out and let these characters deal with it and those actors act in it. And it's just like, it's so good to just watch these actors who know these characters just go to these dark places. And, I, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second you on that because the... The stark Nebula stuff when they're on the ship yeah. just... And, and Tony Stark's accepting his death and Nebula's there and, he, and he's kind of teaching Nebula more humanity than she's really seen in, you know, two films and, and her entire life. But Which then goes into her, make, her arc in making film. her a better character in this film. Which is awesome. But that yeah. stuff is amazing. And then when they come back to Earth, the... Scene between Tony... Stark and Cap. Oh my God. Holy fucking shit. Robert Downey Jr. just went... All out on that fucking. That, that little segment is. Yeah. That's everything. Good. I think that's everything we've been waiting for after Civil War. We've been waiting for that moment where those two characters come back together and no one wants it. They'd be like, hey, pal, hey, bud, good, nice to see you. Which the film kind of does a wee bit afterwards. Well, so this is. But that moment is so that moment's fucking. Amazing. And th- oh. this kind of brings me to my first problem that I had with the film. Um, A lot of the character interactions where they. They it felt like they were going to have these big moments, like the Stark Cap thing. Yeah. Then just get pasted over later in the film. Yeah, which yeah. And it happens with uh, Tony Stark and Captain America. I don't want to call him Captain America, Iron Man and Cap, or Tony well, Stark. You're and pretty Steve much Rogers. doing the Man of calling him like there's that moment where he calls him Steve Cap Rogers America. America. I'm just like ah, uh. which one? So the the yeah the, the Tony the Stark Rogers bit where they they have this massive fallout, and then later on. Five years passes and yeah. he turns up and after yeah. Iron Man cracks time travel, comes back and goes and, and it's he just goes, Look, resentment's bad, I hate it. Can we move on? Of course we can, buddy. Big thumbs up. Yeah, we I think, wink at each other and that's it. That's that's I all. I think of it the- would have been I think that would have made the middle portion of the film so much more effective is if they had to work through it together. Yeah. Like if they were they had a plan and Cap's like, let's do it this way and Tony's like, oh no, that's stupid, let's do it this way. And they kind of like wrestle back and forth. And it doesn't need to be anywhere near as bad as Civil War. It doesn't need to be no, anywhere near as bad as the beginning of the film. Little but just enough jabs. of a Yeah. And then that moment where they go back to the seventies, that could be finally where they come, come together. Totally. But I think it would have been so much more effective if it had drawn that out more instead of just be like one big scene, and then and we're done. Yeah, and the same thing happens, and this is the same exact same problem with Clint and Natasha, where at the beginning yes. of the film, Natasha is speaking to Rhodey, and she says, and and Rhodey goes, "Yeah, look, it's another slaughter, and it's Hawkeye's work." And she goes, "No, no, no, it'll just be like another cartel." And he's like, "Look, Natasha, it's it's Hawkeye," and then she breaks down because she knows her her best yeah. friend has gone. Not even rogue, but so rogue that other characters are commenting on how horrendous yeah, this the slaughter doing is. Are. And then they go and do their time heist thing. And Nebula even says, now all they need to do is not fall out. And they just don't. 
from that point onwards, it's just them grinning at each other and having it's a, like, a she, bloody she great up, time. She shows up in Tokyo. There's no hint, there's no reference to the fact that Natasha's struggling with all of this. Mm. And then it's like, all right, cool. Let's there's there's on one mission. comment, which is him saying, oh, I can't do this. You, you know what I've done. I'm a terrible yeah. person. And she says, well, we're all, you know, we're... I don't judge people on what they've done and it, it it kind of all because of what I've done in my past there's a little hint of it but compared to that emotional opening for that yeah there's no payoff to that kind of story and it, so there's a few other little bits and pieces like I that mean, where it, it it feels like they they didn't have the time to do it which is insane because they had three hours but which they, is insane but, but then, then again also the film I feel that comes into that middle portion eats up so much fucking time mm-hmm. and it's and it's so Unfortunate because the middle portion is primarily plot. It's yeah. plot, plot, plot. And, and before we get into the middle, anything else you want to say about the, the opening? Oh, yeah, so we, so we've got oh, the... God, I feel like I've barely scratched the surface of the... Like, yeah, the, totally. So wh- Let's do it. On my... I was talking to Audio Boy when I saw it with him for the first time, which is when I came out and there's the whole... Uh, when Natasha dies. And he was asked, what do you think about that? And I went, well, the film was prior to this. have never given me a reason to invest in that character, so I don't mm. know why that death is supposed to mean anything to me. But then I watched the film again today, and Natasha in the beginning of this film, I think, is one of the most broken people by the events of Thanos that you get to see, and seeing her just sitting there and she's like, uh, conferencing with like Rocket and mm-hmm. uh, Nebula all, and all, uh, yeah, all those characters, Wakanda. eating sandwiches and stuff, and you just see her; she's doing everything within her power to hold it together, and, I'm and like, her minor freak out about the earthquake. Yeah. Which is a re- really nice little touch there. Yeah, it's, it's an earthquake, Natasha. Yeah, but what are we doing? Are we are we on this? Yeah, she, it's you, an earth. You, like you can tell, like she's she's, she's just grasping for control. But she, it might be the submariner. <laughs> could I mean it could be Aquaman just fucking about in there? It's like him and was that I can't remember the stupid guy's name. It doesn't matter anyway. Black Manta. Yeah, that's that fucking idiot. Um, God, I hate that film. <laughs> anyway, back to a good film. Uh, yeah, there's and plus, I think Scarlett Johansson gives her best performance in this film. She really goes to a place with that character, and it's like there's sometimes I felt with Black Widow, they've characterized her as someone who is almost robotic and mm-hmm. kind of hides everything. And in this film, she's all those barriers are gone. She's got no willpower to hold it back anymore, and she's. It's creeping out, and then that bit when Cap comes in, he just kind of like he does his Cap thing. He's like, "Come yeah. on, we can do this." I'm like, "Oh, so good." But then we get to what I think my biggest problem with the the first act, and that's Ant Man slash Scott Lang, mm. which is uh, Audio Boy pointed this out to me. Well, I said to him, "I hate the fact that the way Scott Lang comes back is because of a rat just pre- like stepping on a keyboard." And then he said that that's been memefied on the internet and stuff. Right. A rat saved the universe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's facts. But that's like the first instance of many where for the plot to develop, the writers just thought, let's just use blind luck and happenstance to make things happen there's, so there's that plot can a develop. a mighty amount of suspension of disbelief. There's, yes. there's, there's so much... You're exactly right, of the directors going, yeah, of course that happens because otherwise... Well, the film can't continue, and during during the three in a three hour ten minute roller coaster, your brain is pretty happy to go yeah yeah, and then the moment it all finishes and you, the adrenaline stops and you kind of settle down and start talking about it, and I'll get into this in in the mid section as well, yeah. time travel stuff specifically, 
you the, you, you know, start to accept and go, oh, wait a minute. That that midsection gets kind of ridiculous at points. Like when I was on my second watch, I was just like, how did I not know? It's just how at times nonsensically dumb mm. the structure of this plan is for, for things to get from point A to point B. I'm just like, oh, this is, mm-hmm. I don't know about this. But the Scott Lang Ant-Man stuff, I mean, I think this is Paul Rudd's best work he's done as Ant-Man yeah. in this film because he feels like a character with purpose and who is contributing. Like, we'll obviously get to the final act later on, but there's one point where it's like, I can save you, I can do it, and he's run around and he's doing Ant-Man stuff, and I was like, look at that, where the fuck was that, Ant-Man and the Wasp? You're <laughs> contributing, you're being a fucking yeah. superhero, you're jumping and diving, you're not just a stupid, clumsy idiot, you're you are a superhero that's contributing. Helping out. And I, I loved that, that in the first act with Scott Lang's kind of more personal story and his motivation and his drive, but still that whole... Uh, yeah, and the other thing, the other thing about the first act is... Tony Stark just figures out time travel overnight. Just well, like, no, well, no, because I, I, I was talking to my friends I saw this with, and at first we had the exact same thought of, oh, he just figures it out. Now, I think if you take it from, this is getting into the, you know, the nitty gritty of it. If you actually take what happens in that film, I fully think Tony Stark would have, there's five years. So yeah. Tony Stark would have spent a full year going full Tony Stark. Well, definitely. Trying to figure out how to fix the snap. And one of those things would have been time travel. And then he would have gone another year while Pepper Potts was maybe, you know, when they got pregnant. Because the kids were like three, four. She, isn't she pregnant? And funny? Does she, mm, I think or they're they, talking they talk about, about it. it. They talk so about it, but she's regardless, like, you know, there's five years. And if you actually think about it, Tony Stark, they all blame themselves. But Tony Stark's got the brain power to actually do some work on this. Yeah. So I I know it looks like he figures out time travel overnight, but on the second watch, if you imagine he spent five years going ballistic, try, two years trying to figure out how to undo it, and then three years trying to figure out a way that he could protect his daughter now. Yeah. When he does eventually, when you see him do it, uh, figure out the time travel. The first thing he says is, right, I'm going to want to run more simulation before we wrap up for the night. Do yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, there was that Which line. implies... Yeah, he's been at it for a while. He's been at it for a but while. But just the way that it's kind of presented on screen, yeah. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. it kind of comes across of just but like, hey, time travel. It's another thing here, which in the same sense of the the, the sense of, you know, the suspension of, of belief, there's a lot you need to fill in the blanks with yourself, yeah. I think. and And that's... Not necessarily a bad thing, but it's little no. bits like that which you come out and at, on the on a surface level you go, oh, it seems a bit fucking stupid that Tony Stark figured out time travel overnight. And then you actually think about it and if you know the characters and if you have seen all 21 films up to this point, you go, oh, no, no, but Iron Man's character would have figured it out in the five-year gap. And if anyone wanted to know how Gary and I personally ranked all 21 of those films, they can go and listen to the past two episodes. Previous two episodes. They're up. They're live. You can, uh, you can listen and love but our rates. That brings me to one of the other greatest parts about the kind of first act of this film, and that is the kind of reversal it does with Tony's story, yep. which is like, for everyone else, it's like, we lost. We lost everyone. We have nothing. We want to get everyone back. And, and Tony, Tony it's like, makes well, his I life. got everything I wanted. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't have to be the billionaire Iron Man yeah. like, world-saving guy. It's it's all fucked. So he can just go to his log cabin with the lover of his life, have a kid. Super, super simple. And the biggest job of his day is like, 
making lunch for the kids, yeah. get, getting yeah, some yeah, yeah. popsicle things. And apparently that's Juice his pops. that's his actual daughter in real life that was Is it in the film? Yeah. Really? Apparently so. Can we get a check on that? Yeah, can, can we get a check? Can we get a I'm fact check, it. audio boy? Because if it is, I love that. Because I, I did, I I said to a couple of people afterwards that the relationship he has with that little girl is so incredibly genuine and believable yeah. that if that is just a kid acting, pff, amazing. If it's his daughter, makes sense. I mean, it's still phenomenal. Oh, they they, they just, are so cute on screen. I've seen him just like, uh, I love you, three thousand. He's like, wow. 3,000. And then he goes down the pair of products. He's like, oh, she loves me 3,000. Like, you're in like the six to 900 range. And you just, I don't even know about that. Also, I want to fucking know what's going on in that composting book. What <laughs> the fuck is happening with the composting? Because he cut pepper pots off before she got to say what's happening. I know. Composting. I, I, there are so many great character moments in the first act. So many great characters. You know, moments. it's one of the. In fact, we haven't even touched some of the greatest points, but something we should have to talk about and I'm interested to know what you think is what was your thought when by like minute 10 they went to the farm and locked off Thanos I said what was your first thought when they did that yeah we did kind of skim we're not skim we went straight past it so Iron Man comes back from the ship then is out because he's emaciated and dying yeah. basically <laughs> and they figure out they know they can find where Thanos is and they go and they do it and I, when they got there they were questioning the, him it's all He's all fucked, and he's wearing his blue jeans and his his t shirt, which was amazing. And it wasn't Iron Man. It wasn't Robbie Downey Jr.'s actual kid. Was it not? No. Ah. Well, then you know what? That, either way, that was going to be props happy to that. Girls yeah, exactly. Sorry. So they get there, and Thanos is wearing his blue jeans, and he's just farming, and he's doing his thing, and he's all buckled, and they're going ballistic, and they're questioning him. And I was like, oh my god, look at it! Like I, you could, you know, you know the moment they get there, and you see him all mangled that he's. Whatever he's done, it's not good. It, it cemented whatever's happened. You can just you get the whole vibe, and then Thor kills him. Ah, oh, man, it was so good because it was just so final. Yeah. It was it was just it, the, chopping the head off is pretty much the nail in the coffin for we are sticking with the snap yeah. for this film. We are dealing with the repercussions. We aren't gonna just yay. We get the stones back. We bring people. But, yeah, they they'll get the gauntlet and they kind of mangle it back together and yep it's we are it. dealing this is what we're doing and it, and it and then that cold uh cut to five years later because the five came up and i was like it's not gonna be five years though and then the years came up and i went like, yeah, oh my god because if they went five days well, I, I you're thought, just like okay it's like, i thought i thought months i was like this yeah months like, it's definitely be, gonna be days because otherwise it would just come out five days later i was like maybe months because it's not gonna be years and it was and then you get that awesome just the whole them dealing with it dealing with five years worth of half of everything missing <sighs> sorry you look like you're gonna say yeah, something you said you were no sorry i was i have a question about how does thanos use the stones to destroy the stones and what repercussions that has for the rest of the entire film? Well, yeah, so. you have to imagine. I'd, well, I'm not sure how he destroyed the stones with the other stones, but I have to imagine that doing such a thing, like we saw with Thanos after he'd done it, isn't a easy, pleasant event. It's no. probably. A, I think it's the, the 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 Infinity Stones, as far as the MCU is concerned. These are the 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 prime elements of the universe. So the only way you can destroy them is by using the collective power of themselves. 
Um, same way, like, if Superman wanted to have a shave, he'd have to use his own laser vision because, you know. And if he caught Lois Lane, he'd chop her in half. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, it, and, and I think repercussions for it is, it again, just finalizes everything. Thanos, Thanos saying that like I used the, I used the stones to destroy the stones. They, the temptation was too great, and now there's no going back. So, but if the stones are this like constant thing in the universe and whatever, then how can they go back in time and get them back and all that? That well, I don't quite understand that. I think that brings us on to the midsection of this film. Well, yeah, I just wanted there's two more go for it. Two more points I'll make about the, the first section. One, my reaction. To the 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 Thanosing or the head beheading Sorry, of yeah, Thanos was just how quick and intense. Like when Captain Marvel comes in, I'm like, all right, cool, boom, she's she's kicking ass. And then when fucking the Hulkbuster comes up from the floor, yeah, like, fuck. And then like Woody's yeah. there, and then just whoop, arms off. I'm like, oh fuck, like. And it was it was great because although Thanos is struggling, and going, yeah, he's not fighting. No, he's he's uncomfortable. Cause he's he knows not he's, happy that he's getting. He knows like, he's won. Yeah, but because uh, for me going into that moment, I was like, oh, we're gonna get another bit of a, a wee scuffle here. We're gonna yeah, get a bit, and then I just good. saw him limping. And I was like, I mean, fucking Black Widow could take him out right now. It's like she could just walk up and just use one of her baton things. Yeah, and then that moment where Thor lops his head off, and it's it's not a victory moment. The the music doesn't swell, and it's like yes, it's kind of yeah. like. It's a solo moment, and Thor just walks away, just like dejected and like yep. still feel like a failure. And I'm just like, oh my god! Which then leads on to I think one of the most misunderstood characters of that film, and that is Thor and the characterization of Thor, mm-hmm. because everyone there is looking so, at him. Oh, there's so much to unpack in this. I, I, don't, I don't know how we're gonna. I don't know how we're gonna do all this. So put audio by right. <laughs> so so because right. So in in key structure, let's talk about the midsection, and then I think we should. Near the end, we should go through the characters, kind of in more detail. Sure, if that makes. But we then talk we'll, about the, we talk about the bulk of the film. I think any of the we characters we kind of miss because obviously, if we're jumping through sections, we'll characters will kind of drift yeah. to the top. Like, because I I need to get into Thor and Cap, the two characters. I I feel like I could spend. Well, a, we've done Iron Man. We've yeah. done Iron Man. Iron Man's done. I well, think. here's the last. The, Mostly, we've kind of. We'll touch back on Iron Man also, but the question I want to ask... No, in fact, I'll leave that question for the end. God, it's so difficult. <laughs> oh. Right, yeah, mid-section. So the mid- mid-section. The, the time heist. The all... Oh, fuck, wait. Oh, God, there's so much. There's Hulk as well. Professor Hulk. Professor Hulk. Uh, first time I saw it, I was just like, mm, no. Really? Oh, first time I saw it, I was, I was stoked. Was I was fucking, so When he was fucking dabbing and eating uh, I don't know, burritos and shit, I was yeah. just like, oh, this just looks real fucking stupid. Pancakes. He was eating yeah, pancakes. It was breakfast. They were also. They, it looked like there was burritos there. It was just rolled up pancakes. Nah, man. Professor Hulk was amazing. I'm not saying it was. I'm not like shitting on anything because I don't really care that much. Just for what I saw, I was just like, yeah, I don't really know how I feel. But, <laughs> right. And this kind of brings me to That's an the uncanny valley thing of Mark Ruffalo's face could have threw me off a lot. Yeah. And see, this brings me to a kind of overarching thing for the MCU. Well, for the MCU, for this film at least. This film brought in a lot of things that I think a lot of comic book fans were excited for, like Professor Hulk. Like Hulk and, and Banner finally yeah. coming to ends in the best of both worlds. I'm Banner up here, but Hulk and body. Um, that Hannah Montana moment. That Hannah Montana moment. And I think from a film-going point of view, like yourself, because you, you kind of self-proclaimed you're not massively invested in the comics. No. No, you like the films and we kind of go over there. So, I have a, a vague knowledge, a kind yeah. of passing knowledge. So, 
for someone that is just watching these films as they come, I can totally understand how a lot of these things can go. You can watch these and be and think, ah, this is a bit jarring and weird, and it's kind of stupid and blah. But you, but I think it, what's funny about it is you have to appreciate that these are coming from comics, which, granted, you're getting you're getting just pow. There's Professor Hulk. You've got him. You get to, you have to make your amends with it and deal with it within three minutes because we're moving on. The yeah. film's going. Whereas when these things happen in the comics. And the people that are waiting for these things have been waiting for them for ages. And, and the comics I mean, spend months and months building to these things and then dealing with the repercussions, you know? If if there's a person out there listening to this podcast at any point who is, like, waiting for Professor Hulk, please write in and tell me why. Because I want to know what your priorities are in life that you're like, I can't wait until they bring me Professor Hulk oh, on because screen. It's, because it's cool. That when the, the fact that the Hulk is, is smart and strong now, it's just... It's his. It's cool. Seeing that's cool. Everyone wanted it. I just liked big, angry, dopey Hulk. Nah. And then I loved wonderful, sweet Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> I miss Mark Ruffalo. There, I said it. I just wanted more <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. I love that man. Also, call back to last ep- uh, week's uh, episode. No Edward Norton. And um, that's why this film gets zero out of ten. No Edward Norton in it. Yeah. That's all I wanted. So, midsection, which is the time heist. Now, yes. The team splits up to go to go do their things. And one to New York. There's so this is this this bit of the film is way more lighthearted. After the kind of harsh, bleak open, yeah. The middle section of the film is is a a Marvel film for yeah. all intents and purposes. On second watch, now that I was able to kind of grasp and know where the film is going. I really just wished that the tone of the beginning continued. Yeah, I know why it didn't because they were probably like, we can't do this for three hours because people will just give up on life, <laughs> which is fair. But I just wish it hadn't been such a, a stark kind of contrast. titanic shift, yeah. like a tectonic which plate I think moved. I talked about this with Endgame, didn't I? Was it Endgame? With Infinity War, you mean? Infinity War. Sorry, I I think I made the same kind of comment, which is. You know, you're, you're ramming all these characters together, and again, Ant-Man is pure comedy, and he has been in his two films, and although he has this emotional resonance with his daughter and all this stuff, at the end of the day, the character's meant to be funny. And then yeah. Mark, you know, Professor Hulk is played off for laughs, and yeah. Fat Thor is played off for laughs. But, oh, we'll get to Fat Thor, and yeah. he's not played for laughs, he's played brilliantly for another reason. It's so good. No, no, near the end, yeah. No, no, through the whole film. Nah. Yep. Does so no, the, I so the problem with Fat Thor. I I know what you're going to say, and I agree with your points. However, at the beginning, when you first see Fat Thor, played for laughs. Sure, that scene in the house. There's a a fair bit played for laughs, but in that house, and up until the very end when he gets on the ship, the Guardians, or before he gets on the ship, the Guardians, there is a journey for that character that's so poignant and so deep, and people are missing it because they're seeing the big Lebowski. Yeah, no, totally because it's because they because the film plays it for laughs because no. the film the film builds up like it's a funny joke the whole time. So every time he turns up, people are laughing at him. Even you know, and, and that goes from in the house. He then has a bit of a serious moment, and then next time you see him, he is the Big Lebowski, like quite literally, is the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Then he's asleep, and then he's got to do his little intro to the ether, and that's all played for laughs. But the way I, I looked at it. Sp- very definitely the second time, but a wee bit the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say this is either the fault of the film and the writers and directors and the direction they gave, or you could say it's a fault of the audience for not getting it, or you could say it's a fault of both. I don't know. But for me, 
Thor's journey in that film is one of the most tragic and sad and just kind of most effective when looking at what Thanos did to that gal- to the galaxy. Yeah. Which is, he is a man that is defeated. He has given up. He, I mean, there's that scene where he holds his hand out and the hammer comes to him and he's like, I'm worthy. It's like, yeah. this is a guy who thought he was nothing, nothing. anymore. He, no. he, he was nothing. And I every single scene... Fully agree. Fully projects that out. No, and it's it doesn't. So work. brilliant. So this is this is the problem with it. I I fully agree with what you're you're saying. I fully yes. agree with that's what they intended. But either Chris Hemsworth or the direction or whatever that it is played for laughs so much. But if you look at it, as, how how what has it played for I, laughs? Yeah, at no point did I ever think that was played for laughs. I the character even when he's having his conversation with his mum uh-huh. and it's things like are you crying and he's like no and then he goes oh, yes I'm totally crying. okay you mean like okay right I thought you meant specifically his weight thing no no no, no sorry okay. no 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 I, I just mean the whole character of Thor no 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 the, okay yeah the, the the weight thing annoyingly the weight thing I think That's is played for a certain last... fucking thing on the internet huh I don't see why that was pl- a laugh thing. It's what, the, the like, weight thing? Yeah. Well, because it's meant to be Thor and then he's fat. And I laughed at the beginning. Point, he still had abs when he was fat. That's just... Exactly. See, I, I, laughed, I laughed when it first came up and then I kind of quickly got over it. But I think that when you watch it, it, it I think people don't get over it as quickly. Like it, it just becomes this ongoing joke. And then when people are sitting watching it, every time he's on screen, they go, ha 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 ha, because look, Chris Hemsworth's wearing a fat suit and that's funny to look at. And it does ruin these kind of poignant moments. But I think... Coupled with Chris Hemsworth. If you point that out to people and then they watch it with that lens on it instead of the lens of the big Lebowski, then you see a a very nuanced performance from Chris Hemsworth and a character that was evolved so incredibly in Infinity War. And I've mentioned it before, that scene with Rocket Raccoon where he has his meltdown. And it evolves well into this film where that character just goes on such a journey. I, I agree and I disagree. I think the opening with Thor where even Iron Man, what's wrong with him? And Thor hasn't said nothing. And it's just this long shot of Chris Hemsworth sitting, not saying anything, just pissed off. And you get that from him. Then he kills uh, Thanos. Then you don't see him. Then I think pretty much from there onwards is played for laughs, I felt. Then he has the conversation with his mum, which is poignant, but I still felt was played for laughs. Even on my second viewing, I thought, this is meant to be really heartfelt, but Chris Hemsworth's performance here is just a, almost a comedy performance. And then he gets his ending where he's talking to Tessa Thompson and saying, you're the king. I'm going to go and finally be me. That ending, I agree, is, what you, is the point you're making. I think where he finishes, yes. So where he begins, where he finishes, I fully agree. In the middle, the story is is moving on, and what he what his arc is is phenomenal. I just thought because they were playing it for laughs, it loses some of that emotional resonance. Whereas for me, when I look at that performance and I look at that character, I see a man hiding behind this facade that he has created of this. I am mighty Thor, and I am yeah. this bigger than life character. And then every like, there's that moment where for the first time Hulk says Thanos, and it all goes away, and he hears the name, and you see what the way he actually feels and the way he actually thinks yeah. and he, he just kind of stops in his tracks and he turns around slowly. I feel that's the real Thor in that film and he, he breaks through those little 
comedy moments, and the comedy is just a, a distraction. It's it's both a distraction by the directors, yeah. to be like, hey, look, funny thing, and it's a distraction within the character to be like, hey, look, I'm silly, but really I'm not. I am horrendously depressed, and I've given up, and I have nothing about. And I'm like, and then the mother stuff, I don't even want to touch that. Fucking hell, that destroyed me. I ain't gonna touch that. We're mm. gonna, we're just gonna. Fly right past that shit, I, man. I I get what you're saying. I just I think we have to. I just think the yeah. I think the direction on it, and Chris Hemsworth playing it, it just felt like they would. Yeah, I, I, I've said what I've said. I, but I, I think can't it, say anything. How else. great is it though that we can have this kind of like we can go this deep into talking about Thor, Thor's whereas for you dark. and I, Thor: The Dark World and Thor were ranked so low on so our list. Yeah, totally. And now we're we're sitting here after Infinity War and Endgame, just fucking dissecting that yeah, character. No, totally. I I totally agree. And it's and this is kind of my final thing on this. I think I think where it struggles, and I think why it struggles, is because Thor Ragnarok was pure comedy, pure comedy. You know, there's definitely like there's great. I enjoyed it, but it is just a sheer laugh. Yeah, so like, in this one, they all everything you're saying and everything I agree that I, is there definitely. They also were trying to. They were also doing the whole. Ah, oh, well, Thor three is the one that did the best, and everyone loves that. So we can't just make him be a depressed, fucking yeah, yeah. miserable character because that's the one that sold. So we'll put the funny stuff in. And it's also clear <laughs> where they're going with that character with yeah. the ending they given, which is he's now part of the Asgardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. holy fuck! Um, yes, <laughs> that might be the, the only movie that Marvel has coming up that I care about at this point, which yeah. is something we'll get into later. But yeah, that's the only one I'm And Spider-Man like. Far From Home, obviously. Hmm? And Spider-Man Far From Home. Nah. Yeah, and Spider-Man Couldn't Far From give. Home. But that's, that's, don't say it. But when it comes to the ending, I don't know why I picked my phone up as if that has anything to do with the ending of this. Well, I've got the notes here on my phone, but when it comes to the ending of this film, I'll get into that later. Yeah. But yeah, so... So, right, that's Thor. Yeah. But then the big middle section, time heist, this is where the film, for me, kind of grounds to a halt and just become all that great characterness and all that development and all that wonderfulness that is the characters that that, is, that this MCU this this massive universe kind of stands upon yeah takes a back seat and it all becomes plot and silly happenstance it's, it's the action sequence it's even action though because it's just a it. bunch of people walking from rooms to rooms kind of doing something and then walking to some other rooms. It's a lot of exposition. It's a lot of action. It's a lot of... It's like, I think they spend... There's at least like five different scenes where they try to explain the time travel they're doing in their movie. Yeah. And every time, it just... They just layer on top of each other to the point where it's so... I'm just like, I'm lost can we now. Can we go into the time travel in this movie? Absolutely. It doesn't make sense. It's fucking... It doesn't make sense. At the beginning of the Here's film... how you know it doesn't make sense. They have to spend so many times trying to explain it and never do this successfully. Though. At the beginning of the film, Professor Hulk goes, look, it ain't like Back to the Future. It ain't like this film, that film, this film. Time is linear. If we go back, we can't change shit because that becomes our past. And if we change it, then it won't become our future. So we can't change anything. If we take the stones out, we have to go back and put the stones back exactly where we took them. Otherwise, everything will change. And if that all changes, we none of none of this will happen. We can't do that, all right? That's not time. It's not Back to the Future. And then at the end of the film, it's fucking Back to the Future. It's it's Thanos dies twice. Yeah. That can't happen. Because if Thanos dies in 2019, 2023, whenever he dies, and then he comes from 2014 and dies again, then everything after Thanos dying in 2014 can't happen. Unless you... 
just accept it's back to the future and there's an alternate timeline where Thanos you know what I mean yeah <sighs> the thing that gets me is and I noticed that I keep saying I noticed this in my second watch but you know I'm so glad I had a second watch of this the film. second watch really does it really fucking a lot of helps I, anyone can we just say now actually anyone that's seen this film once and is on the fence like, oh I loved it blah 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 and this isn't a, this isn't meant to sound disrespectful, but you 100% will have this sheen on the film, which is one watch through, because I, I did it, I came out of the film and I gushed, and I thought that was possibly the best film I've ever seen. And then on the second oh, watch, Jesus. I got to process a lot more. And it doesn't detract from the film, but it just lets you have this, you're right, yeah. you know what's coming, so you can watch performances, you can watch... You can look in the background for things. Background. I, I noticed your wee thing you were talking about at the end of that film with uh, Spider-Man and stuff, and I was like... Yeah, that might be him, but the mayor, Ben Mendelsohn may or may not be yeah. at the end of the film where Spider Man goes back to school. I remember and saying we, this. We we don't know, and I've not <laughs> found any. I've been scouring the it internet for it. It does look like him. It really looks like Ben Mendelsohn, and we can't figure he, it out. He played one of the scrolls in Captain Marvel. Right. Okay. But that could be. Is that setting up Far From Home? You reckon it's like a Shield thing? Who knows? I don't know. So yeah, don't know. A, so this. Sorry, I would notice the Iron you. Brew as well, it's and like, the Innocent Gun, and all this. What? When they're Thor. Thor drinks Iron Brew. In New Asgard. Oh, nice. That's funny. Yeah. So yeah, sorry. So just, I would implore you, if you haven't seen this film, go watch it a second time because you will be able to, you might come out and you still gush and you absolutely love it, which is great, but you will at least be able to take the film in on another level and, and yeah. hopefully pick up on them Because I when I came out, because there's a lot in there. There's so much. Tower like, the ducks in there. You wouldn't even notice. See, yeah. Is this a fact? Is that a fact now? Because my friend sent me that, and I looked at that photo and went, "That's not real. That's a terrible Photoshop." And then he went, "Well, apparently it's real." And then I looked for it, and it seems to be in this weird flux of characters that aren't in Endgame. Howard the Duck versus here's a screenshot of him in there. So I'm kind of. I mean, my reaction to that is I don't give a fuck because there's so much more interesting stuff to talk about this movie than is Howard the Duck in it. I know, yeah, I agree, but it's... It's like when everyone's losing their mind that that character from Arrested Development was in Infinity War. I'm like, really, that's what you're focusing on right now? <laughs> yeah. It's not the fucking everything else in that movie? So, let's... Where were we? So, watch this film a second time. The time travel. The time yeah. travel. Time travel doesn't make sense. I, f- I feel this, the middle section, is really where a second watch will let you know how you feel about this film. Yeah. Because when I came to that film the first time, Audible, I was like, so, what do you think? And I went... I don't know. I need time to process yeah. it. And I took my time. And then after I'd done my processing, I was still like, I think I liked it. And then I went back in, saw it a second time. I literally saw the film like within 48 hours of each other. And after the second time, I came out and went, I really enjoyed that film. So many more of the emotional beats that I missed the first time really hit the second time, mm-hmm. like the stuff with uh, Black Widow and that kind of stuff. Yep. And the Tony thing uh, at the end, like the first time, it just passed me by. I was like, this, this doesn't feel like the ending I want for Tony and then I noticed little things for his ending I was like boom this fuck got me this time yeah second watch will do so much more for that film but it will also like did for me will either make you love or hate that middle section and for by the end of it I really didn't like this middle section so I I agree actually I think you're totally right it's the weakest of the three chunks of the film and it's the it is the part where you stuck Three hours is too long for a film. Yeah. And that's not just this film, that's any film. And the time travel bit, the time heist section is the bit where you will start to feel the time tick. Oh my God, yes. Because the beginning, buying a flash. End, wah. But the time heist is when your brain starts to go, With the beginning, with the first section and the last section, 
they're both they're both driving towards something. Mm-hmm. But with the middle section, it's what, three different areas at one point. I guess maybe four. four I don't know. I think three planets: New York and and then you throw in the Thanos stuff. And they're all, just, and it's all going, and so it gets to one section. And you're like, "Oh, we're slogging through this. We're going," and then it cuts, and like, "We're back to New York." I went, "Oh my god, we're back to New York again." And then it's like, then we go to Hulk and Tilda Swinton. I'm like, "Okay, so we're doing," and it's like, back to Thanos. I'm like, "Oh my god, we're back to Thanos." I'm like, it's so fucking, and then, it's, and I was like, "Oh, but we're close to the the end of the section now, because here comes the uh, Hawkeye Black Widow stuff." Yeah, and I think that's where. The, I just gave up because I realised I'd seen that scene before, yes, the day before, but I'd also seen that scene in Infinity War, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this is so ineffective now, and I, I just wanted, I didn't care, like when she died, I did care because I had that we, I, I caught into those emotional stuff, but I was just like, the lead up to it, I'm just like, oh good god, I don't care, it's like please, can we just get back to Earth? Can we just get back to those characters? together being characters together instead yeah. of it just being about so, these fucking stones and a time travel plot I, I wouldn't go I wouldn't be I'm not quite as scathing <laughs> oh, fucking hell like, I, I really just started to give up I was just like oh so I don't I'm care. not quite as scathing I, I think I think everything's going to be in there because it has to be in there and I think yeah. it all comes together but I do agree that the, the time high section does start to, to drag its feet and some sections sh- are definitely overly long. The whole New York section just felt like it was there f- for fan service. Yeah, cab fine cab. Plus the Loki thing. I thought fucking new Loki was gonna. Well, that's another. That's another. Oh. There you go. There's another one of Hulk's. You can't change anything in the past. Oh shit, Loki's gone. Yeah, and, and now that's set up Loki's Disney Plus show and yeah. how he's gonna have a show. Here's, wait, very quickly. Here's a list of things that Hulk. Hulk says you can't change anything in the timeline, otherwise the timeline will cease to exist. Now, here's a quick list of things that happened which changed fucking everything. (laughs) Loki escapes. Loki's now not in the the MCU prime timeline, apparently. Nebula kills herself. Yes. How the fuck does that make sense? Gamora leaves 2014 and is now in 2023, where Peter Quill's looking for her. Thanos fucking dies in 2014. No, 2014 Thanos dies in 2023. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, what else we got? I don't know. There's probably more. I don't know. Yeah. They're the four main offenders. Second small story gripe, actually. Now I'm thinking about it. Why do they have to go back to their own history to get the time stone, to get all the stones? Why Why is it, oh, we need to go back to, to rob ourselves? Why not just go... We can literally Let's go, go back to the to beginning of the universe yeah, when they're all created. We and can just go back to them anywhere in time. I mean, there's a very obvious answer for this, and it's not a funny answer or a, f- a nice. Answer. It's just because that's what the fa- the fans would want. Yeah, I know, I know. They want to go back to New York. Yeah. They want to go back to Thor: The Dark World, I guess. <laughs> but what they could have done if <laughs> they, they wanted go- a fan thing was like have um, the people who went to New York go to space and have like yeah. switched everyone about. So instead of people meeting themselves in the past. It's like Captain America meets Star Lord on Morak. Yeah, and all I would have been more stuff. up for that. Yeah. I think that would have been sick. That's, you just remind me of something, boy. Thank you. You're a great boy. Is thank you. There was <laughs> that's obviously staying in. Uh, there was all that stuff, all that time shared between Nebula and Tony on the ship. Yeah. And the minute they walk off the ship, those two characters never interact with each other ever again. And I, I feel that's such a oh, waste yeah. and a loss that. When they go back in time, 
understand why Nebula had to go where she had to go so that the plot, again, the plot takes yeah, over so the characters yeah, yeah. don't get to take over. But I really wanted those two characters to share some moments. Like, they're doing something, he's like, ha, ah, they, like, they have inside jokes. That would have been great. And yeah. they could be back. No interaction with them whatsoever yeah. the minute they walk off of that ship, which I think is such a shame. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's... Here's, here's a here's a small chat about the overarching problem of Endgame, which is three hours is way too long for a film anyway. Yeah. Any film, really. And it's... It, you hear know, that, Peter Jackson? Before. Get a fucking Redditor. Edit your films. Hour and a half really is the prime film time. I know that might be an, an older thing, so we're coming up to that kind of the normal... I mean, I feel like hour 50 is like good... Well, I was, I was, about, to, I th- you know, I was about to say that the, the new average time for a film is probably the two-hour mark. And I think... Really, we we're hitting this point where two hours is is good. Yeah, three hours is just long, and having a three-hour film where you're still missing things out, yeah, means that your film is just too packed. Yeah, and that middle section has—I mean, I can't stress just how long it seems. Jesus, your legs are pale. Good God, audio boy, those are the <laughs> palest legs I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> They're paler than Thanks. your face. They are. My face sees the sunlight. Do you ever wear shorts when the sun comes out? Sometimes. Okay. Not often. You should I should wear some shorts. I don't think I've ever seen you in shorts. Okay. God, your legs. Are can we can we get back to? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I can't I can't stress feeling self conscious. Ju- just how much just happens in that middle section. Yeah. And still, it's incredible how much I just don't care. Well, I, mean, I did care. That's fair. There were moments like the Tony Cap stuff when they went back to the seventies and had the Peggy yeah. Carter stuff and the Howard Hart's, Howard Stark stuff. I liked those moments, especially between Tony and his dad, because yeah. I felt that yeah. that played into his uh, death later on, and it definitely played into Cap's ending. But the whole time they're in New York, I'm just like, "You're this is just so you can do fan service." Yeah. This I, and the whole Cap versus Cap thing, I'm like. Oh no! And I said this to Boy yesterday. It's like this is the epitome of a character fighting a doppelganger of himself. <laughs> They've literally got a copy fighting. A, like it's two people. It's the same person fight the same person. So the first watch for me, I I was like I said, gushing, enamored. The whole thing went by, and I thought, wow, this is great. No questions, no crime. Second viewing, I yeah, there's it definitely on the second viewing. I'm I'm with you to a degree. I still cared. I still enjoyed it, but it you can. On a second viewing, so close to it, you can definitely feel. I definitely felt that I. I come on, <laughs> come on! I know. I, I mean, yeah, I that's get it. that's a fair point to make. Is I guess because I watched this film over just uh, twice over two days that that would play a factor into why the middle section for me would feel so yeah. Because the first, my first viewing of that, it didn't feel like as long. It's as, nowhere near as bad because because it's it's all fresh and it's yeah. all brand new and, and but, whoa. But definitely that second viewing. So yeah, that's a fair point. I. I'll, I'll retract a wee bit of my anger because that's, that, that's not it's unfair to judge a film for being tedious at points if I've ju- literally just watched it the day before because <laughs> yeah. those those moments I found tedious are only going to be amplified the next day yeah, so, of course. Yeah. so yeah cool so there's not really much else to say it's it, the middle section yeah, happens the it's, middle section is just a lot of action just to get all those characters to that final moment and they try explaining more about time travel bullshit with the ancient one and I mean I, I just Banner. I love the idea that it's like they have a scene where like Scott Lang explains time travel and there's a scene where Tony Stark explains time travel and then there's a scene where Hawkeye and uh, Rhodey and Scott Lang all talk about time travel and then there's a scene where Tilda Swinton explains 
time travel and alternate realities and alternate reality and then and I'm just like okay guys it's not working you've you've not just do the thing that and every then, other movie does and, and then just push a pencil through a piece of paper <laughs> there you go and then at the end of it they fucking go back on all of their time travel yeah. chat and they just fucking do whatever the fuck like whatever the fuck happened at the I end fu- of Endgame that's what they did they're like let's confuse them with three different time travel <laughs> ideas they won't know which one's which and fuck it we'll just do whatever we want and that I think that's pretty much what they've done actually with with their yeah. time. they've they've put so much no, it can't be this. No, it can't be that. No, it has to be this. No, it is this. This is what time travel is. So at the end of it, so final thing on the actual time travel element of this, Davey, who I've talked about before. You're right, Davey. Davey. I, try- I invited him in for this episode tonight, and he he turned us down because he's got to get his sleeps in. Oh, I know. Did you work early? Nah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. You, you, okay. I, well, I don't know. I'm here's what I'm going to predict. Davey <laughs> is a man who likes to play late night snooker so he was up late <laughs> playing snooker and he, w- and he wants to get get a good rest because yeah. he's a real t- shark tournament's coming up yeah and he wants to be ready for the tournament he wants to get his rest so that because he doesn't want m- midnight to chime over and then him be like fuck i'm tired I, i'm not ready for this midnight snooker game that i, I play with I can't, uh, can't get tired at a midnight snooker tournament nope, cannot get to, uh, he's got to have his his vitamin c and stuff and vitamin d as well you've oh, got to get the vitamin d get the sunlight and we've been having some sun haven't we recently davy so hopefully you're getting out there and getting some sun and uh, good luck with the snooker tournament and back to gary it's because he had to watch game of thrones that's why he turned us oh, down okay i mean i feel mad theory is much fun or Midnight snooker tournament. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, should anyway, go to a midnight snooker tournament. I, I invited him in for for the episode, and uh, he turned us down. And we, got, me and Dave, have been friends for like eight years now. I think coming up, congratulations, if not longer, right? And we got into the, something. We got into the biggest argument we've ever had about the time travel in this movie. <laughs> we came the closest we've ever had to a full blown fallout over how the time travel in this film make sense slash doesn't make sense. I'm just going to say this, and I'm pretty sure this won't <laughs> insult you because I think you know it as well. You might be the biggest man-child I've ever met in my life. <laughs> it means... Time travel means a lot to me. And... <laughs> so that's why you were so angry when I ruined the time travel episode. Yeah. Because time travel means so much to you. If I'd known that, I wouldn't have talked about Star Trek for 45 minutes. <laughs> Fun fact, the last ever episode of Star Trek Voyager is called Endgame, and it involves someone <laughs> going through uh, time to try and pull the... Because uh, her end, her timeline was fucked up, so she went back in time. Yeah, literally the plot s- of Endgame. Yeah, literally yeah. the last episode of Star Trek Voyager is the plot to... Uh, and That's it's called funny. Endgame. That is funny. So... Yeah, so we got into an argument. Dave maintains that the prime MCU timeline, which is Iron Man through to Endgame, makes sense. Okay. And I said, from the film's explanation of what is happening, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, that was a question I asked Audio Boy yesterday, which is, now with Endgame, isn't some of the films that have come before, aren't they either irrelevant or rewritten? No. So, and the, right... But then I'm going to put this one out very quickly as well. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to get in touch with us and, and you can either tell me I'm wrong or you can tell us we're all wrong or you can give us your opinion on this, but I mean, please get in touch and let us know what you think the time travel in Endgame is because I'm fucking stumped. I assume it's they're trying to make it as vague as possible so they've got themselves covered if they decide what they're going to do next is alternative realities or time travel yeah. or 
they can do basically whatever they want and then they can kind of my, be like, oh, we explained it here. My understanding of it is now, basically, time travel in, in the MCU universe... Actually, I read an interesting thing. Time travel in the MCU universe can no longer exist because canonically the stones have all been destroyed by Thanos in 2019. 2023, sorry. Yeah. In that timeline, though. Well, as long as you stick with the prime MCU timeline. Well, no, Thanos would have died 2019, and then five years later would be 2023. Yes, sorry, 2019 when he destroyed the stones. But that's the only... And then the other part of the theory was that that's the only reason Tony Stark could come up with time travel, could figure it out, is because the stones have been destroyed, which affects the space-time continuum. So he couldn't have figured out time travel while all the stones existed because it could never have happened because they keep the time. Fuck knows, man. It's a mess. Here's how oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, It's an interesting I point, get you. right? Mm-hmm. Basically, the time stones keep... Not time. The infinity stones keep time going in a straight line. The moment Thanos destroys all of them, that allows Tony Stark to figure out time travel because it's no longer going in a straight line. It's now... Now time is all happening... Styles. And basically, exactly right. I now I, I am I'm happy to accept the film makes sense in a wibbly wobbly time travel bullshit explanation. But on a on a yeah, that's that's it. You just have you gotta kinda give it the looper treatment. Don't think about it too much. Just just enjoy it. Enjoy the movie. For me Don't think about as it. As someone who loves movies and does all things movies and lives movies and Wishes his life was a movie, maybe a happy movie. That'd be nice. Uh, what am I least reached the end yet, though? You're only in like we're in the end game now. You're in the second act, I'd say. Oh. In fact, you're at the po- you're at the low point that our hero gets to just before the. Oh, you think you think you're at the bit where they've lopped off Thanos' head. Do you know what I like? That's is that Gary thinks right I'm now. the hero of my story. Of course, you're the you hero can't of your take story. That back. You're fat Thor. No, you don't realize this, Gary. I've explained this to you, boy. I'm the bad guy. You're the hero of your story. No, not my story. Well, even, no, yeah, even your story, because even the villains think that Thanos thinks he's the hero of his story. Yep, yeah, I know I'm the bad guy. I accept that. He's going to keep quoting Breaking Bad now. Yeah. Would you, would you rather rule in hell or serve in heaven? Rule in hell. The people would be more interesting. Okay, so here's a quick one. What's the worst thing you could possibly think of? Because you're going to have to do that in hell. Stare at Audio Boy's pale legs for the rest of my fucking life. You have to do that in hell. We've been going for about an hour now, and we okay. haven't even got to the third act. Right. Let's, I was, let's I, yeah, I was just going to say... Of, on uh, that. <laughs> I was just going to say, I love movies. Movie's the greatest thing of all. I love movies. I wish my movies in life. My least favorite thing to talk about when it comes to movies is time traveler movies, because <laughs> no one's ever happy with it. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I'm with you. Like, it's... I, that's, again, ex- you accept it for what it is, and you don't, if you don't... If you don't try and make sense of it, it's fine. And that's why it's my least favorite section of this uh, movie. And that brings us to the... Third act. Third and final section. Big finale. Ah. And, and... Which felt much shorter the second time around. I... Yeah, I'm with you. I actually know what you mean. Um, Maybe like 25 minutes. I, is nah. it? No, it's longer than that. Much longer than that. Oh, yeah, I guess... From this... the point at which they return from time travel. Because basically, as soon yeah, as they return... Yeah. I'd say you've got 40... You start I'd say bit. you've got 45 to 50 minutes of uh, aftermath. Five years later and all that. Then you've probably got an hour and fucking. I'd say an hour, 10, 20 minutes of time heist. Jesus. And then whatever's less. And then you've is... got Hulk doing the snap from that point on, basically. And the, yeah, I that, was going to say that's... from when like Hawkeye like falls to the ground and they have the wee. They remember Natasha and everything and they're talking about like 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say from the minute they no, all... It's, it's pretty much the snap, because then I'd say the Thanos' minute, ship comes through. Yeah, I'd say, but I'd say the minute they come back from the time travel stuff, that's when the... Regardless. It's whatever. Yeah, it's it probably matter. another... Uh, so you've probably got like an hour... Yeah, about an hour. Yeah. Well, but, 50 minutes worth but of But things that really kick into shape when Hulk looks up at the sky after putting on the gauntlet and a rocket comes flying in and all hell literally fucking breaks loose. So on this as well, can I just say that my adrenaline... I don't think my adrenaline has ever ran as high as it has for as long as it has. I would say... Two hours, my adrenaline was above a normal amount for the for the that majority of healthy. Game. No, it definitely wasn't. But that, that's that end sequence, that third act. I man, my heart was just going constantly, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, for me, the moment in which Iron Man wakes up Cap, and him, Cap, and Thor stand on that ridge, and he's like, "You know, it's a trap." <sighs> and they're all like. Yeah, we know it's like, I'm, I'm just glad we're all in agreement. And he fucking thaws up and Cap's ready to go and Iron Man go and they fucking go at Thanos and yep. have that fight. All of it's amazing. But nothing in life matters more than two moments in that film. The m- three moments in that film. <laughs> when when the hammer lifts off the ground in my head, I went, oh. I went do it. Please do it. Oh. Please do it. And then they oh. did it. And so I had, good. I, and the... I've never felt, well, I have, but the rush of goosebumps that coursed through my body yep. and the welling up of tears that occurred in my body all over every orifice was like this character. I mean, like, I love this character. I love his films. His films are my favorite. And the moment happened and he went toes, toes, Thanos. And I was just like, this is everything. Yes. The noise that came out of me yes. when, when Captain America picked up Mjolnir was unbridled joy what? that's the only way i can describe it he, that it was oh. this childlike squee and then it, on top of that dave and kieran all three of us just sat in the cinema and going ah! just like <laughs> three grown men making the childish the, noises of the image, happiness the image of him with the shield and the hammer mm-hmm. and that suit was just how fucking the, the, the makeup on Sick. him and then a fucking fighting Thanos, and I was like, yeah. yes! So it was great. I loved it. I'm with you, man. That that scene was phenomenally good. And and then Thanos was like, looked like he was going to win. And, and then he's... everything else that's happening around that scene as well. So you've got you've got Hawkeye running the gauntlet. Oh, I don't gauntlet. care anymore. I just that scene. Nah, and two more scenes. It was after. great. It was... Oh yeah, all of it's great. All Hawkeye, of it's fucking amazing. Running the gauntlet. But... With the gauntlet. Oh, you got Rhodey, Rhodey, Ant Man, and and Rocket. Just yeah, because there was that really tense moment. Actually, I I really love this little character bit. It's not even a character bit. I just really love the the tension that builds when Rhodey is trapped in the uh, war machine suit and he's saying canopy, 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 because he's freaking out because the suit's malfunctioning and it opens up, and Rocket Raccoon's going, ah, I can't breathe. Yep, and this, yeah. oh man, my like, it was just so good. It was so claustrophobic. And then he's crawling across. Oh, man. Fucking oh. Hawkeye gets another great scene of just being Hawkeye. Yeah, and everyone's like, awesome oh, Hawkeye just brings arrows. He's shit. And I'm like, yeah, well, fucking look at this bad go. Just because he's Ronin now, isn't he? He's so good. Oh, that's... I mean, we never... It's so long ago, but the first act where he's in Tokyo and it's that great fucking one kind of shot thing and it's got... Uh, I don't want to mess up his name. I love this actor. Uh, Hirui Sanada, uh, the man he has the, the sword fight with. Yeah. I fucking love that actor. I love that man. He's the... God of fucking Asian cinema. I love him. Anyway, yeah. 
third act. It's all happening. It's all popping off, and and Thor's been Armin's been knocked out. Thor's I think been knocked out as well. It's just Cap, and then he's down, and Thanos has that fucking bad guy monologue, which we should get to Thanos in a sec. Because I'm like, oh, I've got mm-hmm. a problem with Thanos. But he's like, he's like all the slaughter and death and all yeah, those yeah. planets. And I'm gonna make this person. Yeah, like, I'm gonna enjoy Ooh. this. And I was like, oh, and then his army comes out, and then there's that scene. Yes. There's that, that was, shot. I knew you were gonna bring it up. And that <gasps> it's just it's this cap standing there, that looking out, phenomenal. and I was just like, so these this army is fucked. The first he's time, gonna destroy nah, them. See, I nah, the first time it happened, it, it kind of went by too quick for me to fully get it, take it in. The second time I seen that scene, and I because I remembered it, and I remember thinking, I need to make sure I, I get a solid mental picture of that. But you're right. Cap's standing there. He's got the hammer. He's got the shield. And so it's be my just wallpaper from the my laptop. army of Thanos on the other side. And he's in this golden light because he is the good. And they're all in the shadowy darkness because they are the evil. But you're so right. I didn't think he's going to fuck him up. I went, fuck. Like, oh, shit. Like, what's, what is going to happen? And then the best line they could have ever said at that moment was said, which is Falcon being like, on your left. On your left. And everything in my body just crumbled into emotion. I was like, ah! Because if you've listened... Please don't scream straight into the microphone. Sorry. If you've listened to the other episodes, you know how much I love Winter Soldier. Yeah. So hearing that line fucking just destroyed me. And then all those characters... And then you've oh, got then. all of everybody coming out of Doctor Strange's portals. And just the lineup. Just yeah. the sheer... Every character from every film is here, except uh, except the Vision. Uh, every single R. character, R.I.P. Every single character is here, and they're all ready to fuck shit up. And then what? What gets said? What people have been waiting years for, and that's Captain America to go Avengers. Avengers. Assemble. Assemble. Oh, so f- and then like Thor screams like a fucking wild man and they it just was charge great. at each other i was like yes and then and then that whole sequence like pure act like pure pure action and it's just so fucking dope and you know what i, th- I thought about on the second watch was i was like oh this is kind of like that huge big culminating battle at the end of aquaman and then i realized do you know why that scene at the end of aquaman didn't work and why none of that film worked is because it never earned that moment. Yeah. Fucking Endgame end, earned that moment more than anything. That was such, like, those characters, like, the gauntlet situation is perfect. It's like uh, Hawkeye's got it and chucks it to Black Panther and then Spider-Man fucking, he takes it, it and he's, he's off he's... Valkyrie. And it's, it's such, like, this moment is so where, earned. The bit where Cap throws Monia and he's like, yeah. he's like, hey, what's he call him? Uh, Queens. Queens. Yeah. Hey, Queens. And I was like, oh, he's going to grab it or something. Not uses it as a fucking taxi yeah, service. It's so, <laughs> it's so just, yes. Like, Drax jumping on someone and just fucking just wailing into him with yeah. his knives. Or Ant-Man just stepping on people. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And then the woman of Marvel chunk, which I fucking loved. I mean, yeah. yeah. I love it. You love it? Yeah. What, what, what's your face about? I mean, it Gavin t- hates women. Remember? Oh, no, yeah, of course. Here's what it ties into, and here's one of the most incredible things: is how long have we been going, Audio Boy? Um, about seventy-five minutes ish. But that'll probably get edited down, of course. But we've been talking for that long, and you know who we've never mentioned once? Who? Captain Marvel. And why is that? Because she is so relevant in this film; it's not even funny. 
Well, she is yeah. the. She, she had a. I like that though. She got a two-hour movie to be the most irrelevant character in this film. I honestly, because I thought there was going to be more Captain Marvel, hundred percent, and then the fact that it wasn't. I mean, it made sense to me because she's got to deal with the rest of the universe. What she was in that film for was to be a taxi service and that was to get Tony Stark home and then that was it. (laughs) I liked it. And and then what did she do? She did the exact same thing she did in her own movie. She just crashed into a spaceship. I thought, oh, wow, that was fucking boring. But I mean, without her, they would have lost. How? Like, fair enough, like, yeah, she takes Tony Stark, but she's the only one preventing him from snapping... uh, yeah, because she, like again. she has to fight him herself, and then they realize, oh shit, she can't even take him down. Yeah, but that's We're because fucked. they needed. And I think Tony had... Stark had to see that and be like, okay, even this person. The only thing that's going to stop Thanos yeah, is... is if I do this. Yeah. yeah, but that's just because they made a film about her, and so they needed to have a reasons for her to be in the film. Why are you doing this? Because the she... Women of Marvel chunk was great. But do you, know why that's, cool. do you know why that moment was it dumb? It was so good. Was Here's great. why that moment is dumb. is because she crashes through a spaceship and brings it crashing to the ground. And then she, they're all like, how are you going to get over there? And I'm like, she just fucking flew in from space. She could just go up and then down. We don't need a bunch of chicks to fucking run through a bunch of bad I just, guys. Honestly, I want you to know you sound like a fucking cunt right now. I don't yeah, care. Do. It was so forced and dumb. It was great. It no, was so forced. Yeah, the re- one, the reason it has to be in there is because Marvel have not treated women like a fucking, like an equal any female character up to Captain Marvel has not been an equal footing in any Marvel film. So it's just fucking nice to show anyone who likes these strong female characters that look we are going to hope and i hope this is how they're going to be taking it going forwards the a force yeah we're, we're going to be giving these characters more time and we're going to be making a point of of making these awesome female characters a bigger piece of our universe and i'm because we've to- got a bunch of them and here they all fucking are and i'm totally in agreement but don't have their moment be to get Captain Marvel through a bunch of bad guys when she can crash through a spaceship. I, you know what? I agree. I think I would have wished, I would have loved it if they fucking had more time throughout the rest of the film. If to, they had had their, be, if they'd had their big moment, that would have been so fucking amazing. But they were all snapped. <laughs> no, I mean, like in that battle, if there was a segment where, like, just like in Infinity War, when it's uh, uh, Black Widow and Scarlet Witch and. Uh, I can't remember the woman with the spear. When those three come together to fight uh, one of Thanos's uh, mm-hmm. people, and they are fucking doing that whole thing. Yeah, it's yeah, great. yeah. It's like, is that that kind of moment? Give them that moment. Well, that's in what Endgame. they had. In yeah, they had that moment. It's just they had a shot beforehand of like this establishing shot where they all walk and sort of run together. We're all gonna help out. Yeah, just, that's that. That is that scene. It's the exact same scene you're talking about, except it's just more. There's all of the women like, Marvel. It, just, it, was it was just great. A great scene. It was another one of those things where it was like, with log- if you just think logically about this, it's just dumb. Yeah, but if you, I mean, fuck me. If you want to talk about that, if you think logically about the whole film, it's fucking dumb. I mean, we dumb. just did that for the entire fucking middle section, so why am I not allowed to do it for the third section? Well, you can, but it's all I'm talking about is it was a fucking awesome scene. You could talk about the fact that Ant Man went giant for all the rest of that battle and wasn't like passed out by Yeah, the that end really of fucking it. annoyed me. Like, when he went giant, I'm like, wasn't he going to like. Go to sleep. He's gonna soon. be so hungry. Gonna be very hungry. It's not the Hulk. Eat chowing down constantly. Prof Hulk. What did you think of um, Black Panther in this film? Un- well, underutilized, but it's because he was snapped. It, uh, there's this weird. The 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 first half of that battle scene when it is Thor, 
Cap and Iron Man versus Thanos is <sighs> sick. Can we just talk about it again? And then Doctor Strange brings everyone in. Also underutilized. And then they try and give everyone their little hero spot. But Except Groot. I think he was the only person who didn't get a hero bit. Yeah. Actually, yeah, pretty much. I think the first time I remember seeing Groot is when all the rockets are coming down. He just kind of gets punted to the side. Yeah, yeah. You're, not, you're not wrong, actually. But they all kind of get the little hero spots. and then, But because they've been snapped this whole time, and this is literally the end of the film, yeah. they couldn't really dedicate too much time to anyone. So it's just that running the gauntlet section where everyone gets their little moment to go, ba 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 ba, And it's it's all great. It's all really enjoyable. But, you know, it's it's not... Their film. This is the Avengers. This is the the Avengers that are retiring's film, rather than the Avengers that are going to be in the next series of twenty one films. Do you know what was a weird moment during that big, especially the second time I watched this film, which is I think going to be the uh, catchphrase of this episode, apparently because I keep saying it, is weirdly during it that moment where it's Ant Man and the Wasp, and they're like, "We're well, oh, we need to do this thing," and then the Wasp like, "Want it, Cap?" I just feel like, oh. I felt like a wee bit like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's because in Ant-Man and the Wasp, they're all ripping the piss out of Scott Lang for calling him Cap. I know, but I just I just like that those two characters in that moment yeah. surrounded. I, just, I don't know why I liked them in that moment, but I liked seeing them in that moment. It was Which doesn't make sense because I didn't Did like them? either of those films. <laughs> I, just, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So what about when Quill was reunited with Gamora? That was a similar moment. I like that bit. Yeah. But you know what's missing? It's going to be interesting uh, seeing that in the next couple of films of what's going to happen with Quill and Gamora because it's kind of like uh, 50 First Dates. She doesn't remember any of it, so he's going to have to... Well, you know that however James Gunn tackles it, it's going to fucking break your heart somehow. Yeah, probably. Hopefully. So, that, I think... Didn't you want to talk about Thanos? Yeah, I just want to say... Well, that's what I was going to say. So, I think we've scratched... Here's the thing. We've talked for a bunch now, yeah. and we have really just scratched the surface on a lot of this yeah. stuff. There's loads we could go into, but for and the I'm sake sure of over many more podcasts, we'll drop into it every yeah. so often. But for the sake of keeping this as as not short, but for the sake of keeping this down, Thanos, Thanos in this film, I felt this film undermined the work that was done on Infinity War with the character of Thanos. Yeah, Thanos. For me, Thanos was done. Thanos. But, Thanos had his. Thanos won. Yeah. Thanos won, and then bringing him back in, but devolving him down to just another bad guy, and somehow being even stronger. Can we yeah. talk about that for a second? The fact that him without any Infinity Stones can hold off all of these people, but oh, yeah. when you go back to, yeah, he didn't have any Infinity Stones, and was still like, I mean, I wasn't bothered by that because I just, man, I just got those. Fuck that fucking fight scene. Yeah. For me, I just felt like the Thanos we got in Infinity War was this layered character who you could at times reason with, and there was a, you, you, there was a chance you could maybe talk to him and bring him over. Into the, the Thanos in Infinity War is a relatable villain. Yeah, he, he's, we, he's we talked about this. We definitely talked about yeah, this before. Where what Thanos is saying, there's a little part of you that goes, fuck. Maybe he's right. Some, yeah, like he makes some points. Like, but in this film, he's just, just uh, bad. Bad for the sake of being it's bad. Like, it's like we need, we just need a big bad guy. He's just a big metaphor for death, and that's kind of it. Yeah. There's again, got to fill in your own blanks. This is because he has watched everything through Nebula, though. So, yeah. so again, fill in the blanks. He he's watched himself win, and then 
get beaten through Nebula's network, whatever the explanation for that was. So he's coming into this without without the growth plot things the film needed. Without yeah, without without the growth of what happens from Guardians of the Galaxy onwards, where he possibly comes to terms with the fact that you know, and, and reasons even more with himself, so that he's then this reasonable, well, at least he thinks he's this reasonable Titan, to just being a pissed off bad guy that doesn't want to get beaten before. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, before I to- he gets, like, I totally get it. His chance like, to it, win it makes like the Thanos <laughs> in twenty fourteen would be different than the Thanos in twenty nineteen. Yeah, and all that's that. basically what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's still like, but why did you have to use Thanos? Yeah, why did you have to that character, like? After he got his head cut off, from the beginning of Infinity War up until that moment, that's just a perfect fucking uh, journey for that character, and mm-hmm. it was done. Then to bring him back, but just to solely be a muscle to fight, I was like, oh, why? Yeah. His 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 plan. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, the, it's also like who, it's also mm, like who else could it have been? Who else could it have been? Yeah, unless they brought in some outside who is seeing them steal the time. You know, what I mean, the Infinity Stones from the past and going, look, that's then not that just creates a whole new. That's not good, and you can't do that. But then that's a whole new villain they'd have yeah, to explain and then give backstory to, yeah. and it takes up more time. It's they, for yeah for what they were doing, what everything they were trying to do, I can appreciate. But but on the bright side, it does. We still got Infinity War where you can just watch that character and love that character. Absolutely. So I, I kind of agree with you on Thanos. On the flip side of it, I struggle actually no, no, there's no flip side. I struggle with Thanos purely purely because it breaks the timeline. <laughs> and I know Dave's gonna be listening to this and he's gonna be getting pissed off in his car and saying, No, it doesn't, Gary. But Dave, it fucking does. I mean, as of recording this, he's in the middle of one of his Midnight Snooker games, so he's not listening to it right now. <laughs> Um, he's already wiped the competition. He's, he's already it. wiped. Okay, the he's already in bed. Within thirty-seven he's minutes, he's already yeah. done. Done it. He smashed it. Smashed it. Uh, I was going to say. Oh yeah, I was going to say. Uh, I didn't notice Pepper Potts' last lines to Tony uh, as he died the first time. But second time, I was just like, "Holy fuck!" When she's like, uh, "Like it's okay now. You can, you can rest. rest." And I was just like, "Oh, that means so fucking much yes. for that character." I was just like, "Yes." Ever since New York. He said it himself. Like, ever since New York, Thanos has been inside my head. And he's never been able to stop. He wanted to build his suit of armor around the world. He was tormented by that, by Thanos. And finally, it's like, you can rest. And I thought, oh, fuck. That fuck, this, that hit, like, today, watching that movie for the second time, oh, that fucking hit me. That hit and me so much more. We talked about it at the beginning, I think, more in depth about Iron Man's ending. But I, I, I'd rather talk about Captain America's ending. Yes, because... And, and, and let's... We'll talk about this... And then we'll we'll have final words, and then we'll wrap. But Captain America's ending was, for me, perfect. It was... I mean, it fucks the timeline. There you go. Number five, number five, thing number five, where yeah, time It really fucks the timeline. But I loved it. I The fact that he... So so what? They they need to put the time zones back. They send Cap. He takes Mjolnir, because he can lift it now. Presumably puts that back in Asgard. Returns the stones and then they're going. Where the fuck is he? Where's where's he? Bring him back, Hulk. You better bring it back right now. Fucking brings the falcon wings out and just fucking starts attacking <laughs> Hulk. It's a really weird action scene. It came from nowhere. I wasn't expecting it. And then they look. Hey, Falcon. Ah, oh, fuck. There's old Captain America. Lived his life. Got his wedding ring on. Hands on the fucking shield. And then gets the nod from Bucky. Gets the like, nod yep, from Bucky. Like, yeah, that's cool, man. And then the film finishes. 
showing you that Captain America got his life back. He got his date. He got his dance. He got all. I'm so happy the film finished on him. Yeah. So happy. Yeah. It has to, really. Because everyone already knows this. I love this fucking character. I know you do. I love this fucking character. I and love I, his journey. I love his art. And I'm less story. about it, but I was so happy that that, that was the closing. Yeah. Like that entire film. F- final two scenes where I. It really got me. When reading. Oh my. Everything that happens with Cap in this film fucking crushed me. Yeah. But when I was reading that, the scene between Bucky and Cap the second time around, I think Bucky knows that entire time that. That's the last time he's ever going to see Cap. Because just the way he speaks to him, what he says is like, uh, like "I'm going to miss you" and stuff like that. Yeah, suggests to me he knows he's going to go. He knows, even though they've never spoken a word about what's about to happen. He absolutely knows. And he turns around and he sees him sitting there, and he's like, "Falk, you're about over there," because he knows where he should be going next. He knows uh, what Falcon's next step is in his story. And then he gets the shield, and he's like, "Doesn't feel like mine." He's like. Well, it is. Well, it like, is. Oh! Yeah. And then cuts to that scene and the music's playing. In 19, and just, what, 1948, whatever it was? Yeah, something like that. And it's just them dancing in it's the so living room. And I gorgeous. just, the the bubbling teariness of my eyes was, oh, that was, it's it's the ending I always wanted for that character yeah. and the game I always wanted that character to end with him with Peggy Carr I didn't know how they were going to do it I didn't think they would do it but they gave me that ending ever since the first Cap movie where he was like uh, got a date and stuff like that save, uh, save me that dance yeah and I was just like ah and then yeah. they did it and they ended it and the film ends and I'm just like oh. phenomenal it is It is. it's great so I'm going to do my final words and then I'll, you can do yours Overall, I loved. I'm going to stick with it. I loved Endgame. I know we've kind of done our thing where we we pick it and we tear it apart, but to truly enjoy something and to truly give it your your entire your, your thought process, you need to tear things apart. And for all of its flaws, that film is still so right. It's almost perfect. It's not quite there, but it has so much going for it that you can forgive every sin it has, it, every sin that it it makes, because the highs are fucking high and the lows are so low but all together you just get this beautiful experience where you are on the edge of your seat from i would honestly go from start to finish although it's three hours and although it's long i was breathless for two hours and 50 minutes of that and then i was blubbering for the other 10 minutes and it's just great it's a great it's movie history it's wrapped up and it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. That's my two cents. I really enjoyed this film. It is, it's insane what Infinity War and Endgame, like, how they worked. Like, it, they should never have worked. This this whole universe of films should never have worked. Yes, there are some duds in it, but it worked. And you can't say that about any other universe that, has, I mean, maybe the Godzilla one could turn into, I don't know. But, like... <laughs> All of I guess Fast and Fury. Uh, no, not Fast and Fury. But like, there's there's no MCU like out there. There's nothing else like. There's it. nothing else like. This it. is it. This is an Endgame. History. Was it gave me what I wanted for characters, and that's like take all the other uh, complaints I had. 
it gave me what I wanted for the character of Cap, and it's always so all I've wanted, and it gave it to me. It capped off Captain America, and I'm happy about that. So there you go. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this long final finale, final act to our three part Marvel. Make sure to tune in next week where we're going to do our rankings of 22 to 1 and find out <laughs> what takes the first place. <laughs> nah, that's uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give Marvel a miss yeah. for a little while. What the fuck now. are we going to talk about next week? Now? I have no idea. I, I don't know. I honestly can't even think. We're going to have to come up. We should do a dumb episode. We should argue about something stupid. Oh, yeah. Let's just, just something. Let's argue about his fucking legs and why they're so pale. Stop I mean, I, coming from my legs, man. <laughs> I was meaning argue about something to do with the movie, but if you want to talk about audio points legs, that's <laughs> that's fine. Fine, we'll do a movie thing, I guess. <laughs> um Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get in touch with us about any of our thoughts and views with Endgame, you can get to us at the Meandering Movie Podcast Facebook page. If you just search for us on Facebook. Uh, we are on Twitter at Meandering Pod. Instagram is just the Meandering Movie Podcast, and you can email us. Meandering movie podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for the assist. I need that. Uh, that's it from us today, guys. I would do a review, but this is a long enough episode and I'll save it but, for next yeah, time. Yeah, please uh, jump on the iTunes, leave some reviews, and when we do normal short We've got episodes, a good one. Yeah. It's a great one. one but we will we'll save it for next time because this episode's already yeah. so long. Yeah. But we'll definitely be reading more out uh, in short episodes. Thank you so much for listening, guys. That's it for me. Bye. It's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. So won't you lend an ear?